For WCYB Digital Radio, I'm your host, Scott Schober. Welcome to Payment Security, a cybercrime magazine podcast series brought to you by GM SecTech, with operations in 50 countries worldwide and headquartered in San Juan, Puerto Rico. GM SecTech has over 50 years of service in the technology and security verticals. To learn more about GM SecTech, visit gmsectech.com. Joining me today is Hector Guillermo Martinez from GM SecTech. How you doing, Hector? Hey, Scott. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, wonderful to have you on here. Well, let's jump right in. It's going to be a nice discussion here. Maybe first to kind of give us some background. Tell us a little bit about GM SecTech and who are your clients and which markets do you serve? Sure, no, happy to. And thanks again to the team at Cybercrime Magazine. And we've done a couple of these over the past. And yeah, I mean, GM SecTech, we've been around for about 54 years next year. You know, we're coming to the end of 23 into 24. Company started in 1970 as a payments processor. My father actually started the company way back when, one of the first non-banking certified visa net processors in Latin America and the Caribbean with offices out of here, Puerto Rico, as well as some other countries in Latin America. We've evolved ever since, and moving into the millennium, we pivoted into security. Again, because of that payments heritage, that payments processing heritage, we gravitated towards PCI compliance, PCI DSS, which is a natural direction for us as an organization. And today, you know, we are operational in about 57 countries, laser-focused in that space between PCI compliance and managed security services, or MDR. Obviously, in this industry that we're in, Scott, you know, we always have this alphabet soup of words and letters, but, you know, we are very, very focused in this space around PCI compliance and MSSP MDR capability. So we do focus on everything from financial services to third-party agents, fintechs, as well as your traditional verticals such as retail, transportation, and really anything or any organization that touches payment systems or payment cards. So really, it is a plethora of organizations across the board. We do a little bit in healthcare as well, in areas such as HIPAA and high trust, but our bread and butter is in the PCI compliance space. Some great markets there and some great verticals. Nice. What are some of the key challenges that maybe help your clients solve? Yeah, sure. So, you know, as we operate, and again, we have critical mass in Latin America, offices in places out of the U.S., Puerto Rico, and Florida. But out of Latin America, where, you know, we have an office we just opened last week in Mexico City, newer office in Mexico City, Panama City, Bogota, Colombia, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Santiago, Chile. So a nice footprint in Latin America. We also have operations in Europe as well as in Asia Pacific. However, we are really focused in the Latin America market. And we focus around everything that has to do with PCI compliance. So in many cases, these are yearly cycles that our customers and our client community needs to complete. But we also wrap around our managed security services because many of these organizations are providing payment processing. So we do provide those managed security services to help them accelerate their journey to PCI compliance. Certainly, we've seen that the threat landscape is continuously changing. We have ransomware. We have all these types of threat vectors that are appearing across the fold. So GM SecTech does focus a lot of our time around compliance, but also helping customers prevent and detect any type of suspicious activity or attacks across the fold. So from a proactive perspective, as well as from a reactive perspective. You mentioned you have a nice footprint throughout Latin America and certainly as the leading cyber defense and fraud prevention service provider there. Could you share with us what are some trends that maybe you're seeing specifically in cybersecurity? Sure. I think that when you look at Latin America, you probably see some of the similar challenges you see in other places, right? More mature economies, 
you do see your typical type of threat vectors, whether it is ransomware, whether it's your traditional malware strains, denial of service. So you are seeing very similar type of attacks or threats across the fold. What we do find in Latin America is that elements such as PCI compliance are a very nice way of democratically arriving at a baseline of cybersecurity. You know, in Europe, you have GDPR. In Brazil, you have the LGPD. There's all these data privacy laws everywhere. In Latin America, you have an amalgamation. And we do find that elements such as PCI compliance are a great baseline for many organizations, even if they do very little credit card processing, to have a layer of security. I typically say that the attacks that we're seeing across the fold is not necessarily because the attacker is highly sophisticated, but it's because of lack of sophistication of the entities that get breached. And it's very similar to Latin America. So I do believe you do have a very similar landscape, again, from very robust organizations like the leading banks in Latin America. They have strong teams, strong organization, multi-layered security to the smaller fintechs who might not have those budgets and information security. So not too different what you might see in the United States or in Western Europe. Now, we've heard a lot about PCI 4.0 and these upcoming deadlines. What does it mean for maybe the typical bank or the retailer or the processor? Great question, Scott. So this is something that gets us very excited because this is, again, our bread and butter where we spend a lot of time in. The reality is that PCI 4 is really a full forklift of the standard, right? The standard's been around since 2005, right? PCI, Payment Card Industry Data Security Standard designed by the five major credit card brands, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover, and JCB. And the version 4 is moving from 3.2.1 to 4.0. It's really a forklift, and it's a reconstruction of the whole standard. Certainly with the advent of cloud computing and some of the newer you know, Web3 technologies, the standard has been adapted to really support some of the newer organizations that might have newer ways to do things. And those are certainly key elements in the new version of the standard. As we transition, and the transition begins April 1st of next year, 2024, there are about 60 new requirements which go live in 2025, which obviously creates new challenges for organizations that have been doing this for a long time or have never done this, right? Because PCI is binary. It's either you're compliant or not. So there are quite a lot of different things that organizations need to do to get ready. Yes, there is a little more flexibility. You have things like the defined approach or the customized approach, which is for more mature organizations. So there is more latitude from a PCI compliance perspective, but there's a lot of changes. And that I would say is one of the things that we are seeing across the fold. There's a lot of anxiety, Scott, from different clients and organizations that need to be compliant because you know brands put fines if you're not in compliance. So it is an important milestone. Yeah, I was just thinking about the number of items there that you have to comply with. It could be a daunting task, I guess. So you really have to stay organized and not get overwhelmed and just keep kind of working down that list and make sure that you're doing due diligence and hitting all those marks. Otherwise, you could really fall behind. That's exactly right. Wow. Now, PCI 4.0 does have a mandate on SIM. Maybe you can share a little bit of more insights or expand on that. What it means to the entities that are really pursuing this PCI 4 compliance out there. That's an interesting area, right? Because with the new version of the standard and over the past few years with the earlier iterations of the standard, there's been log management requirements, right? You need to be able to take a look at within the past year, have visibility or eyes on glass of logs within the cardholder data environment. So the language was a little looser 
Now with 4.0, the language is specific and didactic with regards to SIM, right? So the security incident event management piece. And that's gonna create new budgetary cycles for a lot of organizations. I mean, that have used perhaps open source tools in the past to comply. Now there's specific language in the standard from a SIM perspective. Those are some of the things that our QSA team is supporting organizations across the fold saying these are some ways which you can achieve compliance with leveraging SIM. And GM SecTech does provide co-managed SIM services, so we can provide it because we do have a firewall, so to speak, of the organization and the QSA team. But at the same time, we also recommend other organizations out there that can provide the service as well. So the most important thing for customers is that they do have a SIM in place and they can demonstrate compliance within that cardholder data environment. This next question, we deal a fair amount with ATM manufacturers and dealing with skimmer detection and things like that. And we're constantly dealing with technology obsolescence and thinking of it in reference to your business there, technology obsolescence, it's a real challenge across legacy systems and patching is one of the biggest hurdles for many organizations. What are you seeing across maybe your footprint as an effective strategy to become compliant with PCI 4 and an effective strategy for PCI 6 there? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, ATMs are a big headache, right, for a lot of organizations across the fold because they usually have a, whether it's an x86 or Windows earlier version that's embedded and it might be difficult to update that because these ATMs are in the wild. So technology obsolescence, to your point, Scott, is a big issue. It's a big challenge for organizations across the fold. And we have found a lot of anxiety, a lot of uphill battles, so to speak, with organizations that are saying, hey, there's no way I'm going to be patched to be compliant. What can I do? So we've been looking at ways to support clients and entities that need to be compliant by leveraging, whether it's compensating controls or something called INFI, which is something PCI Council allows, which is items noted for improvement, which are areas where the entity that gets assessed is using new tactics or technologies to help them comply, whether it's with the compensating control again, or with this INFI worksheet. And we've seen, for example, and I'm sure you know all about this, Scott, with deception technology, companies out there like Elusive, TrapX, TiVo Networks, that have provided these lures or this deception-based technology honeypots across the fold to help customers comply. So it's been an interesting conversation in compliance where, for example, you find all these ATMs in the wild that are you know, running Windows 7, so there's no way that they're going to be patched on time. So if you can use this deception technology or these traps across the environment, you can create a compensating control. You're not eliminating the risk, but you're mitigating that risk. And those are some of the technologies and ways that we found that are useful to help some of these clients get ready for PCI DSS 4.0, as well as leveraging some of these technologies out there to help them accelerate the journey to compliance. Now, tokenization is a strategy that's often adopted to accelerate the journey to PCI compliance. So what is GMSEC seeing in the field? It's a great area. I mean, there's a lot of discussion around tokenization, right? I, I think our friends at Visa mentioned that, you know, the best way to describe tokenization is the chip for e-commerce, right? You know, the chip's been around for a long time in cart present transactions when you go you know, brick and mortar. So tokenization is a great way of thinking about it as the chip for e-commerce or for card not present transactions. In PCI, it's a great way or method to reduce the scope and make it less painful for entities to become compliant, less painful for organizations to become compliant in a faster time. Because with tokenization, you can reduce the, uh, the scope of a PCI DSS assessment. So we have a technology in-house which we've developed called First Token. 
And it's really something that works in conjunction with network tokens, you know, Visa, MasterCard, network tokens, where we help customers reduce their scope by tokenizing their environment. And that's something that's very useful because as we reduce that scope, the customer just needs to do requirement 12, right? You know, security awareness and instant response and some basic things. But the tokenization of the token vault is a real way to reduce scope, reduce cost, and just providing a service provider, whether it's us or somebody else out there, to be able to store that sensitive information. And it's quite useful. I mean, we call it data less or data buy, because again, the challenge, Scott, that we see is, you know, customers are drowning in data, right? That this is an avalanche of information. If we can reduce that scope, then it's goodness for the end customer. Brilliant. Now, Hector, let's take a look and shift gears for a moment, maybe looking at it from a GM SecTech client perspective. What are the challenges that they're encountering for PCI compliance? And maybe what are some of the lessons that you've learned from working with your clients? A great question, Scott. And I think it goes aligned to kind of the two last questions that we touched on. Like, for example, there was a big retailer in Mexico about a year and a half ago that we started discussing the transition to PCI 4.0. And they were really concerned because their payment system, they had millions and millions of transactions. And their payment system was running on Windows NT. Yes, Windows NT. And so they said to us, hey, guys, we're not changing that because this is active, active, highly transactional. And by the way, we're migrating to the Alibaba pay cloud in two years. So it doesn't make sense to do anything about it. But we need to be PCI compliant. And that retailer told us, Scott, they said, by the way, we need PCI compliance. So we need your help. And that's where we brought this idea of bringing the deception-based technology of supporting the customer in that older system that was unpatched and that obviously, you know, end of life and providing these mines or these traps around the unpatched environment, creating a compensating control and helping the customer become compliant and reduce or mitigating risk, always providing the disclaimer that there is an inherent risk, but this is a way that PCI compliance is not a barrier to business but it's a way to ensure that there's protection. So that's a good option there. And that's a soundbite, you know, that's been in our Rolodex for a little bit. And on the tokenization side, very similar as well, right? Customers are telling us across the fold, I want to reduce my PCI compliance assessment cost. What can I do? So again, leveraging token vaults, phenomenal way to, number one, reduce scope, reduce the pain, and at the same time, accelerate the journey to compliance. So those are two strategies that we've seen and we've heard our customers say specifically, this can help us, and we're very happy because it accelerates, again, that journey in an efficient way. Now, what are your key recommendations maybe for any client that needs to be PCI 4.0 compliant or wants to have a holistic cybersecurity program, Hector? Yeah, I mean, the reality is PCI 4 is a great standard to use whether you accept, process, transmit credit cards or not. It's one of those security standards that are out there that have been around for a long time, has evolved. As we know, the attack surface is always changing and the threat actors changing their tactics, techniques, and procedures across the fold. What we like about PCI, outside of the fact that we're an assessor, is the fact that it's one of those standards that keeps up to date, right? When we think about HIPAA or some of the other ones, those haven't changed as much over the years, whereas PCI has been changing and evolving as the industry evolves. And that's been quite well-received. So when we come into a customer and they do not have a need to be PCI compliant, we'd say, hey, by the way, use PCI as a baseline. PCI is a great baseline to have those 12 requirements to compliance and at the same time have a good programmer on cybersecurity. So PCI, we really, really map it to an information security program. It's not everything. It's not nirvana, but it's a start. 
And then we support our customers, whether they want to do a mapping to NIST or they want to do a mapping to HIPAA High Trust, ISO 27K1. There's a whole bunch of standards, but we do find that PCI is a great baseline for emerging customers as well as mature customers across the fold. This has been a great conversation, Hector, but I want to kind of end this maybe just to get your thoughts as we kind of come up to the end of the year here. What's your prediction for the biggest cybercrime surprise in 2024? Yeah, it's a great question. And if I had that magic ball, right, uh, it'd be a different business for sure. But what I would tell you is that, you know, from a 24 perspective, and we saw it around this time two years ago, Scott, the Log4j was a big, big theme. And I think, you know, these threats and these vulnerabilities, they're always around and they're always appearing, right? I do believe that 24 will be another year we're going to see massive breaches because they continue to happen. And, you know, Scott, you've been doing this for a very long time as we have. And one of the things that I find interesting is that information security, we see some of the challenges that were here 20 years ago, and they're still happening, right? Because it's still, you know, sometimes seen as a dark art. So I, I do believe that preparation, preparation, preparation is still super, super important because we will have surprises in 2024. We don't know what they are, but I think if we really focus on confidentiality, integrity, and availability of information and protecting those three pillars, it's a great start. PCI DSS, we always mention it. It's a great baseline. Leveraging PCI and the fact that it's moving to the new version in 2024 is a great way to be preventative and have preventative and detective controls across the fold. Oh, that's great. Well, thanks again for taking some time and having a great conversation with me there, Hector. Really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Payment Security is brought to you by GM SecTech. GM SecTech offers innovative solutions and services in cybersecurity, governance, and compliance focused on managing digital risk. Their solutions are designed to detect advanced attacks and respond to them effectively, reducing business risk, fraud, and cybercrime. To learn more about our sponsor, GM SecTech, visit gmsectech.com.